Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on everybody we're back zach rosenblatt here with mike k for the latest episode of the no huddle show we're sorry we've been gone for so long mike had this little thing called a baby i guess I don't, he keeps making that excuse i don't know exactly what that means uh but yeah mike, mike's been out of the mix for a little bit because he had a little baby you want you want to tell everybody <laughs> how exciting that is for you i had a baby it was cool <laughs> it's pretty cool we're, we're, we're all excited for mike but yeah we're gonna we're gonna get back into the swing of things recording of these throughout the off season we'll do some free agency previews and trade and you know trade possibilities and NFL draft stuff. We're going to be hitting you with a lot of podcasts this offseason, but uh, we wanted to get back in the mix today. The biggest topic right now is Nick Foles. We're going to get into that in a minute. We're going to cover it from all angles. Uh, first, just to cover a, a couple of quick news items that have happened over the last couple of days. Uh, the most recent one would be today. The Eagles finally hired a new receivers coach. His name is Carson W. Carson Walsh. It's another Carson W. Uh, you want to tell the, tell the people about, about him? He, he doesn't really have that story of an NFL background, but he does have some ties to the Eagles staff. Yeah, he uh, intersected with offensive coordinator Mike Groh in Chicago. He was an offensive quality control coach for the Bears. Then he went to the Edmonton Eskimos in the CFL and was an offensive coordinator who I've actually seen him be raved about as a play caller. So, you know, having the Groh connection, having worked with Alshon Jeffrey, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you 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 said it to me the other day, was this the fifth wide receivers coach in five, five years. five years, yeah. I mean, Nelson Aguilar's been with all of them, too, because he's been there since the beginning. Yeah. Right, yeah. So this is – they, they have to find some normalcy, and if they really believe in Mike Groh and Mike Groh believes in, in Walsh, then I think you you have to feel good about this. I also think anything that benefits Alshon Jeffrey is good for you. When you prioritize your, your top talent, you're going to do well. Yeah, and – you know, it's not it's not a sexy hire necessarily. It's not a name anybody. I I'd never heard his name before today, to be honest with you. Uh, but Doug Peterson is big on promoting guys from within, rewarding guys who he thinks deserve it. And you know, I know a lot of people criticize him Mike Grow hiring, but I think by the end of the year, it proved that he was a pretty good coach. Uh, and the and the rest of his promotions have done pretty. I mean, Press Taylor, I think he's a bright young mind. He'll probably be an offensive coordinator pretty soon. So, I mean, you 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 believe in Doug Peterson's opinions about guys, and you, and you assume it's going to work out. I mean, again, they've gone through a few receivers coaches. Gunter Brewer just didn't work out. They have to hire a defensive line coach. Philip Daniels makes a lot of sense. He's on the staff already in a similar boat. Uh, he's pretty good as a player when he played as as a defensive end, but. Yeah, we won't we won't harp too long on that. But uh, the the other the other thing I think we should cover real quick. Um, you and I both kind of thought 
the Eagles are probably going to move on from Rodney McLeod unless they came to an agreement on a pretty significant pay cut, which I wasn't positive was going to happen. Especially for, for a guy coming off an injury, you'd think he would want to go get paid kind of thing. But they restructured it in a way, it sounds like. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, But... Essentially, it saves them $5 million. He was set to have a $9.9 million, $9.9 million cap hit. And with the restructuring, I, th- I believe they saved like $5 million and a lot of it's in bonuses now, right? Yeah, I mean, it's paid off like this. So according to Shilkapati of The Athletic, it's $1.5 million in a signing bonus and a $1.5 million base salary. On top of that, he has a roster bonus per game where he can make up to a million dollars. And then there's another $125 million in incentives. So he's basically saying, hey, look, I know this system. I know this defense. I know how valuable I am to this defense. If I can get healthy... I have the opportunity to go make money next season while also being in a system that I know would benefit me as opposed to rehabbing, maybe starting the season on PUP and going to a defense I'm not familiar with you have the opportunity to make more money elsewhere. Yeah, it, it, it is important. He was under salary for, I believe, like $10 million again next season, so that is notable that he decided to become a free agent after this year. So, I mean, he probably didn't have that much leverage considering his age, the amount of salary he's making, the fact that he was coming off an injury. Uh, I think this is huge for the defense. I mean, we, you and I both, you know, we, we at first we were like, I'm not sure how you don't hear his name that much when he's playing in reality. Like, he makes plays, but like we both were like really unsure about how important he was, and you kind of saw really quickly how important he was to this defense right away when especially that Titans game I feel like if he's in that Titans game maybe they don't lose it like it, it's it was small things like that where he out of the, all the injured guys you almost could argue that he was the most important one that they lost like in the grand scheme of like impact like and so the fact that he's coming back you know even if he's not his old self if he's something like his old self then you have him you have a guy in Avante Maddox who can play some safety if you need him to um you I mean you know, there's always the looming possibility. They have so many. <laughs> weirdly, they have a lot of good cornerbacks now. So there's always a looming possibility that a guy like Razul or Jalen Mills eventually move to safety. You have Malcolm Jenkins. You have Trey Sullivan. I think they may maybe draft another guy. So I, th- I think you you can be really really happy with that secondary. And I think you hit it on the head. The real winner in all of this, from if you're looking from it from a depth chart standpoint, is Avante Maddox. This frees him up to go play outside corner which is probably what you want. I mean, I know he's 5'9". He's, uh, you know, a short guy. He's not very long. He proved that his size doesn't matter this season. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. He played well. There are guys that have been 5'9 in this league. A guy like, um, who was I think? Brandon Flowers. Brandon Flowers was, is a guy. Wasn't Asante Samuel pretty small, yeah, too? Yeah, Asante Samuel was small. I think he was 5'10", though. Yeah. But... Um, you know, Brandon Flowers had a long career in the league and he was pretty much the same size. If you've got the coverage skill ability and you can make it difficult on guys, he's also pretty feisty. So it makes up a little bit for the size. You know, there's some small corners that don't want, speaking of Asante Samuel, that don't want to get their nose dirty. He's very good against the run. He's willing to play. I think he's exactly the type of guy that Jim Schwartz wants. So with that said, though, you're probably going to start the, he's probably at least going to start training camp probably on PUP. Coming off major McLeod, knee surgery. Yeah. Yes, McLeod, sorry. So, you know you have Avante Maddox who can play free safety for the first six games if you need him to. Then you also have Rasul Douglas who can play outside. I'm interested to see if they were thinking to themselves, is 
do we keep McLeod on a restructured contract and focus the young guys on the cornerback positions, or do we re-sign Ronald Darby and then have Maddox be a full-time free safety? I w- I'm wondering what the discussion or was. An option C would be they re-sign Ronald Darby and then shop one of their many cornerbacks for assets. Right, and you, you would target probably Rasul Douglas as yeah, one of those guys. Lot, I mean, if you just factor in right. salary, what the coaches think of these guys and things like that. But, I mean, they're... Funny thing is, you know, I, I, every time I say the cornerback group is in great shape, I always get people pointing out like, yeah, well, everybody was saying that last year and then it didn't really work out the way. I think this is different because it, it's deeper. There's more guys that have proven they can play when given the chance. And now you don't need to rely on Sidney Jones as much. You know, he's kind of a wild card in this where talent wise, he might be as good as any of these guys, but he can't stay healthy. So if he has maybe has less pressure on him and he plays a more limited role next year, maybe we start to see what kind of guy he can be, too. Well, and, and they're battle, like you said, they're battle tested. And I think having Craven LeBlanc gives you a lot of options too, because he can play inside and outside. He's probably going to be the starting nickel corner. And then whatever you get from Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas, you have them to compete on the outside if Darby doesn't come back. Um, and you're going to have uh, McLeod potentially on PUP. I think you've you've got a lot of options. They do need to to either zero in on like a really cheap veteran or a rookie with upside um, in the draft because they do need one more guy, I think, if they let Darby go. But, yeah, I think they're, they've are they got one of the better depth units on the team in the secondary. And if you think about how little they're paying them and how young they all are, like that's a great specific position that can get overpaid because of the value that's put on it because of its passing league and all that. Uh, I think that's interesting. So, all right, now let's get into the topic that's been on everybody's minds pretty much since the – he Nick Foles replaced Carson Wentz. Uh, a lot has happened in the last week. Um, it had been reported last week that the Eagles had planned to exercise the option. They officially informed Nick Foles uh, earlier this week, and then almost simultaneously, Foles is like, Here, "Here's the check back. Here's two million dollars. Uh, I want to be free agent." He quickly declined the option, which is how we thought it was going to go. Uh, the timing of it maybe was a little surprising. I don't know, but. It's pretty much how we thought. I mean, there was still like a thought in my head, like, would he take the $20.6 million? Because that's a lot of money. But then uh, if they, they could have just cut him for nothing uh, in a couple weeks. So it, there's a lot to come ahead. But uh, the gist of it is, you know, going forward that the Eagles have to decide if they want to franchise tag him. They can't do that until, I believe, February 18th. 19th and uh, then the last day they can do it is in the beginning of March so what's going to ha- what you're going to see happening in that time I don't, I don't think the Eagles will franchise tag them right away there's been a lot of reporting like they're going to do it I feel like that might be a little bit of posturing to drum up some value on the market which I think you and I both agree I don't know if there's as much as everybody thinks there is but if the, all you need is one team you only need one team that to believe that there's a market so if Howie Roseman at the scouting combine is, is talking to everybody and making them believe he's going to franchise Nick and these, these are teams that are legitimately interested in Nick Foles, then you might see the Eagles doing it. And it would have to be quick, too, because if the Eagles franchise tag him and Nick signs the franchise tag, that's $25 million on your books. But if you just sign him the tag and then trade him right away, then he can negotiate with the other team, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I personally don't see the franchise tag thing happening. I think that's a pipe dream. I think you just have to accept that. He's probably going to leave as free agent, and you're probably going to get a third or a fourth round pick as compensatory next year, which is still pretty good. But, you know, you want immediate return on value, of course. I think the biggest thing for me is that if you have Foles on the franchise tag, whether you trade him immediately at the deadline or not, he really keeps you from 
bringing the band back together. You're, you're not going to have the room to sign Darby to a $9 million a year contract. You're not going to be able to, even if you rework Tim Jernigan's contract, it's still not going to be ideal. You know, you're not going to have a shot at re-signing any of your 16 free agents. I just think to me, the, the risk you talked about, you and I talked about it before the show, the combine, like you said, is the place where you shop and fill out the market because you have the time before, during that time and I, the NFL knows that there's tampering going on and because they have to yeah, because well, making the, it the, the new league year is March 13th I believe and that's right. the day you can officially do stuff but it's happening right. before that but Mar- March 5th is when yeah when you can is the end of the deadline which you like you said you would wait yeah. to the last minute the problem is if you're doing math at home there's eight days between the 5th and the 13th if I go to you and I say hey look I'm gonna trade you your computer for my car and you're like yeah sure I would love that and then I go back a week later and you find out that the car doesn't run, you know, during that time, you take it to Carfax or whatever, and you pull out, the Eagles are screwed. You know what I mean? Like in that scenario, GMs, GMs pull out of stuff all the time. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, oh, a guy's going to sign an extension or a guy's going to do this. And then it never happens. So for me, this, this is a, a monster risk monster risk and i can't how he's too smart for this i i just i it's not worth a third round pick it's just not the people i've talked to in the league say hey i think if they are going to franchise tax foals they're overthinking this because it's definitely not worth the, re- the reward it's not having that third round pick a year early is not gonna and here's the thing you say you want a third round pick you have absolutely no leverage if he signs the franchise tag because everyone knows that you can't house a 25 million dollar backup quarterback oh by the way because you immediately said Carson Wentz is the starter because you know you wanted to reiterate that in your end of your press conference everything they've done leads me to believe that he will walk free and he should because really if you're going to hold him hostage you're not he's going to end up holding you hostage because he has to want to go to the team that's that, a, that, I, that was the point I was right. about to make yeah yeah he has to want to go to the team that you want to go to be that you make a trade with because you know what a team's not going to give up a third round pick to house a guy on a 25 million dollar one year contract it's just not a thing so if he doesn't want to go to let's say Jacksonville who's willing to give up a second round pick for him that's going to turn off a lot of buyers and I don't think he's like you said we don't think the market's going to be I, we're going we're gonna to go through the teams. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we will. But I'm just saying, like, Nick needs certain things. I asked him in the locker room when, or during cleanup day, hey, what are you looking for in your next team? He said, if you're putting too much on the quarterback, you're probably going to fail. That stood out to me really hard because when you look at Jacksonville's roster, there is nothing on that offense. Literally nothing. Sure, they have a great defense. That's terrific. But if you can't score points and you're Cody Kesslering it up – you're in trouble. I mean, people mocked Cody Kessler. People mocked Blake Bortles. But truth is, who on that team would you rather have on offense than the, the team that's on the Eagles? I mean, every single position on the Eagles, even when they're injured, is better than this Jaguars team. Outside of maybe Leonard Fournette. But the gap, trust me, having covered him and the Eagles is not that that wide. Well, according to everybody, the Eagles should trade Nick Foles for Leonard Fournette. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that's a good idea no, for, I, for a I, lot of reasons. I, I think we've, we've probably even talked about that on here before. And another thing, you kind of mentioned how he can hold 
them hostage. I mean, another factor is a team's not going to trade for him unless they know they can negotiate an extension with him. So Nick Foles can dictate where he wants to go if he's like, yo, I'm not going to sign an extension in Jacksonville. I mean, Nick Foles probably never said the word yo in his life, but I, I, <laughs> I like imagining him no. being like, yo, he says a lot of yo, yo, I ain't going to Jacksonville. All right. <laughs> but uh, but the tr- but that's just the reality. Like, uh, number one, a team's not going to want a quarterback on a one-year $25 million contract. I mean, maybe. I mean, I guess Sam Bradford basically signed that with the Cardinals. It was like 20 mil. But, but they, they, they wound up cutting plans. him. And they wound up cutting him anyway. Right, yeah. And it so, wasn't all guaranteed, blah, blah, blah. But you're gonna if Nick Foles is your guy, you want to negotiate at least a two to three year contract, and you want to reduce that twenty five million dollar cap hit. There's not even that many teams that can fit that. That would be interesting that can fit the twenty five million under their cap without just hamstringing them anyway. So, I just think, I mean, we're we're gonna go into the teams, but yeah, yeah, I just wanted to add one more point before we go into the teams. Something to consider too, if you are making this trade and you're signing Foles to a multi-year contract, he's probably going to want a ton of guaranteed money. And on top of that, if you are making this deal, let's say you trade a third round pick, you are losing assets to put around him. And on top of that, you're not giving yourself a lot of wiggle room to draft a kid where he can be the, you know, what he was to Carson. So again, you're tying up a lot of assets and putting a lot of faith in a guy who's never started 16 games in his career in a season. That's and the, yeah. if you in the position where you need Nick Foles, you're probably not a Super Bowl contender right now. And if you don't have a quarterback right now, you're not a Super Bowl contender right now. That's that's the reality. I mean, you could become it for sure, but he also needs to be incorporated into a new system. Like, there's a whole lot of things to go on. Anyway, so I I wanted to do an activity where we go through. I came up with I believe 14 teams in ver- varying degrees of real- realisticness, just you know from 0.1% to 75% possibility. Like maybe 75 might even be too high for any of them, honestly. Uh, I'm gonna go through them. We're gonna say who their quarterback is. I'm gonna give you some of the cap details. Then we're gonna say why or why not. That's a spot for him. Sound good? <laughs> Certainly. Certainly. Even if, if it didn't, we would still be doing it anyway. So. <laughs> All right, I'll it's some ra- I just did it in random order, so there's no rhyme or reason to this. The Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford, kind of probably has shown he's done the best he can in his career. Uh, the Lions aren't really going anywhere with him. On the other side, there's the the cap hits here. Uh, he has a twenty five and a half, twenty nine point five million dollar cap hit. If they release him, forty nine million dollar dead cap hit. <laughs> Just forty-nine million. I mean, that might be worth it. And they also lose nineteen and a half million dollars in cap space. <laughs> if you just remove all the money, though, I think the Lions would be like an interesting one. But that's just not going to happen, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a zero, zero, zero point zero. I'm, I'm more looking at the teams that have like questionable quarterback situations. Is the way I should have phrased it. The Buccaneers, uh, Jameis Winston. He has a twenty-point-nine million-dollar cap hit. They can cut him and save all of that. They've made it pretty clear they're kind of committed to him for this year, and it sounds like Bruce Arians likes him quite a bit. But as you mentioned, NFL teams change their mind all the time. If there's anyone on this list that would change their mind after what they've declared already, I could see them being that. And Nick Foles is an interesting fit in a Bruce Arians type offense. And the Bucks have weapons. Like that's a place he can go in and probably win right away. But they're committed to Jameis Winston. What, what do you think about the Bucks? Well, Jason Like, their offensive or sorry, their general manager has Eagles ties. I believe he was in the, he was either with the organization during the scouting process or at least the first year that Nick was here. So well, they almost signed Nick when they when they wound up with Fitzpatrick and Nick came here. Right, because of the Dirk Cutter connection. Now yeah. Dirk Cutter's no longer there. Um because Cutter had recruited him in college. But it, look, I think he'd be a great fit there. But I also think that Jameis Winston fits the Bruce Arians offense yeah. very, very, very well. And he's more dynamic than he, Foles. He, he is more dynamic. Um, and I think they showed that 
well, at least Nick Foles didn't show how dynamic he was against the Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game. So, and, I mean, Jameis, he in a, in a Nick Foles-y way, he has like those wild, you know, variances where he's really good when he's really good. Like he looks like. You know, he was drafted number one overall because people thought he could be an MVP in this league. And then when he's bad, he's really bad. He's bad. He's really bad accuracy. He makes some like mind-boggling errors, throwing interceptions. So that 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 would be an interesting one if they had decided they were going to move on from Winston. But since that doesn't seem like the reality, unless they change their mind, I think that's probably a no-go. The Dolphins is the one that's been thrown around quite a bit. Uh, they're, I mean, they've pretty much said that they're going to move on from Ryan Tannehill. He has a $26.6 million cap hit. If they cut him, they'd save $13 million with $13 million cap hit. They'll probably bite the bullet on that because I don't imagine anyone's going to trade for him. Um, I mean, a lot of the reports, it sounds like they prefer to draft somebody, but they're not really in a position in the draft to get somebody who's going to, uh, unless you like Daniel Jones a lot. I don't know. I, the, <laughs> this draft is really weak quarterback-wise, so th- you'd be doing like a Christian Ponder type thing where Jake Locker, where you're overdrafting a guy for the sake of drafting a quarterback. I don't even know if Dwayne Haskins, if he was in last year's draft, he would have been even one of the top five quarterbacks, four quarterbacks picked. Like, it's a bad quarterback draft, so if that's your strategy, then all the power to you. You have a long rebuild ahead of you. They're also, they are rebuilding. They, they work pretty competitive last year. I don't, I'm not sure what the level of interest Foles would have there. They have a new coach, Brian Flores. Uh, I'm sure he wants to win right away. He's a good defensive coach. I don't know who they've hired offensive coordinator yet. Chris O'Shea was hired. I don't really know that much uh, about yeah, him. Yeah, he was a position coach for the Patriots. Look, I, I think from a hey, this is from a from an offensive personnel standpoint, I think the Dolphins are a lot more appealing than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That said, with a defensive head coach and a first-time offensive coordinator, I'm not sure it's the best fit for you. I also low-key... Foles cares about that. Like, he cares about the coach that he's playing with. Right. I also low-key see the Dolphins as being like the Eagles in 2016, where some people were kind of shocked that they traded up for Carson Wentz because they did just pay Sam Bradford. I think the Dolphins are a Haskins... Uh, like trade up for him. Yeah, kind of trade thing. up. Yeah, like I could see, like right as the the deadline goes, they trade, you know, a couple of players and a couple of first round picks to get up to that first spot. Because truthfully, the Cardinals have a ton of weaknesses, and so I think and Cardinals needs, make a lot of sense to trade back. Right. This draft is so heavy with like edge rushers. You don't need to get Nick. Right. Bell, so you can get somebody else in the top. 15. That's right, really and they're going back to a 3-4 defense. They had just switched over to a 4-3 for like a minute. So, it, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the Dolphins make sense in the sense On paper, that, at least, yeah. Yeah, in the sense that they have position players, but I just, I don't know. You know, if Flores is going from being a linebacker's coach to a head coach, you've got a position coach calling plays for the first time ever. It just doesn't seem like a logical fit. That said, both those dudes sat, stood on the sideline as Nick Foles creamed them in the in Super Bowl 52. So maybe they love that's him. Point, yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's something like when you brought up the Lions, I'm like, okay, Matt Patricia just watched this guy torch his, his defense. Like that's his last memory of Nick Foles. Right. So you have that going for you. I just don't know. And they would have the cap space. And Stephen Ross is a guy who likes big, big – Hey, and, and the Eagles have made four billion trades with the Dolphins, including, right. although maybe they have some AJ Feely nightmares. I don't. Know. <laughs> I would I would trade full straight up for Kenny Stills. Give me that. Like I, I mean, if you franchise tagged him to get another player, I would be a hundred percent. You're sounding like Elliot again. Oh man, <laughs> he was a big Kenny oh, yeah, Stills he's a, guy. I forgot. Yeah, he, he is wanted him over Stills. Alshon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, would have been interesting. I mean, <laughs> I, I would have gone with Brandon Cooks over both of them, but. Uh, then again, he's been traded a million times. So, anyway, I guess my, my takeaway with the Dolphins is sure, but no. Yeah, that, that's like it was one that like 
everybody says just because it's a team that doesn't have a quarterback of the future and you know is like in the middle of being bad and really good like they're so you if you want to win right now you get Foles if you're rebuilding you get a rookie and it seems like they're probably going to do the rookie option so I a lot of people mention them but I, I just don't see I don't even know if Foles would necessarily want to go there anyway <clears throat> all right the Titans this is a team you kind of brought up to me Marcus Mariota, same thing with Jameis. If they hypothetically just cut him or traded him, they saved the entire $20.9 million. He's been a pretty big disappointment, though he has been hurt a lot. Still think there's a chance he could come back and show something. And I feel like they're probably going to give him another shot this year. But that is an interesting idea because the Titans are a team that has competed for the playoffs the last few years. And if Nick Foles wants to go to somewhere he can win, like if they were interested in a quarterback, then that kind of does make sense. I honestly think that that's like the best spot for him. If they said Marcus Mariota, you know, it's taking it, it, it honestly, it's, it's, it's time, you know, Vrabel didn't draft him. Uh, you know, this is not a, an offensive coordinator who's extremely invested in Mariota. There's stuff going on. They're very high on analytics. Um, I also think they're a team that overachieved last year. With what they had, they've, had, you know, Mariota's ended the season pretty much or, or, or missed time for a long period of time the last two seasons. And part of you's got to wonder about his long term stability. If I were the Titans, I would be very interested in Nick Foles only if, only if he was a free agent because you're not giving up assets for him. Um, but yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. They've got a probably one of the top five offensive lines in football. You've got two very good tackles in Lawan and um, who's their who's their right tackle? Uh, oh, and Conklin. Yeah, yeah. So you know, they do. Who, who they went do, to Michigan State? By they the way, they do have an extremely young offensive coordinator they just hired to right. replace Matt Lafleur. So it's another like if he's he would have to meet with those coaches and see how comfortable he is with them kind of thing. Right. I think Mike Vrabel has the personality where he would get along pretty well with Nick because I think he has some similarities to Doug Peterson that he's willing to take risks and the players seem to love him. So, that I mean, that, I, when you said that, like, my eyes perked up, ears perked up a little bit. I just don't think they're going to move on from Mariota in reality yet. Realistically, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. If, if they cut Mariota or set up a trade for him tomorrow, Nick, every, everybody would be like, Jacksonville? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hard question mark there. I think the Titans have the best structure. They've got a really good defense, um, really good offensive line. Uh, Corey Davis seems like right up the Alshon Jeffrey alley, too. Uh, they've got a tight end. Delaney Walker's coming back from injury. Janu Smith's a freak uh, in the Dallas Goddard mold. Like, there's a lot of upside there. If like, if I honestly, if I if I was Nick Foles, I would be like, man, I would even take a pay cut to go. Like, I would I would go there for 16 million because Nick Foles now knows what it feels like to be set up to succeed and what it feels like to be set up to uh, to fail. Yeah. All right. This next one has more to do with if the guy decides to retire. Uh, Chargers, because I left the Steelers and Patriots out of it because it seems like Brady and Big Ben are already pretty much guaranteed they're coming back. I'm sure Rivers will too. But it's just it's he hasn't said anything about it yet, and he's gonna make twenty three million dollars I think this year, and they I'm pretty sure if he retires they save it, so he would make a lot of sense for the Chargers and Foles. I think he has a house in L A. or his family has a house in L A. Uh, if that opened up, then he would probably jump to the top of their priority list because they're a contender already. But I, I, he's probably not gonna retire yet because he's still really good. Yeah, I thought I read a couple of months ago that he wanted to help open that Los Angeles stadium, but I. For all their 12 fans that show up. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they are very close to becoming the 
the Jets of Los Angeles. And uh, I bet you they were thrilled that the the Rams didn't win a Super Bowl. Could you imagine, you know, coming into that new stadium? Oh, it's a team that just won the Super Bowl two years ago. Oh, and it's the Chargers. Uh, They can barely sell out a StubHub arena or whatever it's called now. Um, I do think the Chargers would make a lot of sense. I think Mike Williams and Nick Foles would get along famously. Uh, but that said, you know, again, it de- it's dependent on the quarterback who is actually there, who if, if he it wants to be there, he should be there. All right, this next one, the Washington Redskins. Um, Alex Smith would be surprised if he played this season. That seems to be the general conclusion. And then that would mean next year he'd be going in as a 36-year-old. They can't just cut him because he's hurt, because that's the NFL rules. Uh, but he's set to make $24 million this year, 26 next year. I don't know if the Redskins want to devote a significant amount of money to a 30-year-old quarterback again. Um, and Jay Gruden does seem to love Colt McCoy for some reason, so I could see them drafting a guy. He makes he would make more sense with the Redskins as a free agent than a trade. As I know the Eagles have traded Donovan McNabb to the Redskins before, but um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't see the Redskins as a fit. I don't think Nick Foles would want to go there. That seems like St. Louis number two to me. Like it just doesn't seem like an organization that has its stuff together. It doesn't seem like a very strong. Does, they don't align with his values, right? Yeah, you, you know, and I, I don't think, you know, you've called me out on this before. I really don't think Nick Foles wants to play in the division. I think he really appreciates the way he is viewed in Philadelphia. I think, sure, if they're paying him like an like an extra ten million dollars, he'll go there. But, I mean, what's the difference between $2 million and, and what have you? So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see Washington being a fit, especially after the way he played there the last game of the season and the Eagles beat them 24 nothing. It's not like that gives you a very positive impression, if you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see who we got here. Redskins. The Oakland Raiders. So, actually, today, Derek Carr's salary became fully guaranteed. His cap hit is, I believe, $22.5 million. Ultimately, what it comes down to is, so if the if the Raiders like Nick Foles more than Derek Carr, they first need to trade Derek Carr to somebody, which I think they could do. They're somebody like the Giants or one of those teams we mentioned. I mean, the Dolphins would be interesting for Derek Carr. And then they would have to turn around and pay Nick Foles another $20 million. That seems pretty ridiculous, but John Gruden and, I mean, Mike Mayox in his first days as general manager, they've done some weird stuff, so... It, Nothing's too crazy for them to do, and I think Mike Mayock historically. There's been like some quotes of where he loved Nick Foles coming out, and he, I think he really liked him while he's been in the NFL. So I, I think they're a, maybe dark horses in the right word, but I think there's somebody to keep an eye on. Yeah, Gruden was high on him too. Um, so what I'll say to that is, is like, yeah, it's crazy, but we always get on people about with quarterbacks. If you love the guy, go get him. And to me, Mayock having said that a bajillion times in draft coverage makes me think like if he really likes somebody, you have the ammunition in the draft to put pieces around him. This is like playing mad. Like the way they're structured right now is kind of like the way the Browns were structured last year, where they could make a lot of trades and do a lot of interesting things because of the draft picks they acquired. And you can kind of, you've got the salary cap space. You also have to designate a new place where you're going to play. Like, I think that that makes sense. That said, though, does Nick Foles want to move to Las Vegas? That seems to be <laughs> to, Nick Foles going to Sin City does not seem like a very, very strong pitch to Nick. I mean, Foles. it is close to the West Coast. So he's sure. Close to California and all that. But stuff then he'd Texas, also have to he'd also have to move his family again after moving to Oakland or San Francisco or wherever they're playing and then moving to Vegas. Uh, to me, that doesn't have like a lot of long term 
you know, merit. I, I guess from from a guy for from the perspective of a guy who focuses so heavily on family and so heavily on religion outside of the game. Um, Oakland has an okay offensive line. Uh, they really don't have wide receivers. They traded Amari Cooper. Uh, their defense isn't very good either. You know, it, it makes sense if Mayock and Gruden can really sell him. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll actually end up there, but it's an interesting one. Um, this one's not going to happen, but I thought it was a fun idea. So what if Drew Brees is like, all right, this next season is my last season. Would would Nick Foles be willing to like sign a multi-year deal and sit as a backup for another year? Probably not, but I think the Saints might even be one of the top. If, you, if he could go anywhere in the world and start, the Saints probably be one of his top five teams that he would do well with. And Drew Brees is somebody he looks up to. The idea of replacing him would be very interesting to him, and they all have the weapons. They're a contender, but I don't think he wants to sit out another year, and I don't know if the Saints want to pay him a lot of money to be a backup, although they did just trade a third-round pick for a guy in Bridgewater they're probably going to lose anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if Drew Brees would want to look behind his, you know, shoulder either. I mean, you know, Drew Brees struggled towards the end of that season uh, and wasn't playing that all that well in the playoffs either. So, um, you know, I could see Sean Payton eventually getting impatient. But that said, you know, yeah, I, I don't see much upside there. All right, now this, this, these next like four to five teams are like the probably the more realistic ones. Uh, the first one is the New York Giants. Uh, Eli Manning. If they cut him, uh, they would save $17 million with only a $6 million cap hit. Uh, there was just a report, I think it was from somebody on ESPN. It wasn't a report, it was, I think it was more like their opinion. Or, uh, no, according to two sources, Eagles general manager Howie Roseman is considering the idea that after an exchange of moves that could potentially leave Foles as the top free agent, the Eagles believe that there's, there's a strong chance the Giants part ways with Manning and try to sign Foles. So it's more coming from the Eagles than where they think the Giants would target Foles. Maybe the, and that's maybe part of their motivation for trying to franchise tag him and trade him. But I don't know if I believe that part of it. Cause I, I, I personally don't think how he thinks like that. I don't think he factors in the rest of the division. Like, and I don't think that's the right way to approach it. You don't make a move that could improve your, t- you don't not make a move to improve your team just because another team in your division might get better. Like you just focus on yourself. I, I, I still do think Foles can wind up with the giants. I don't know if I necessarily believe all the parts of that report though. If this is coming from the Eagles, this is posturing yeah, trying to yeah. drop up a trade market. Yeah, for this sure. Is, I like the second no, that, you said that I like laughed to myself because um, I mute myself because I breathe hard. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. So you didn't hear the laugh. Um, <laughs> the, the report notwithstanding, I I think the Giants are a possibility if they move on from Eli, and I just don't. I, the way they've been talking, I don't think they're going to move on from Eli, but I don't know. I don't think it benefits you. I, look, I know Nick Foles. Look, I'm as big of a believer in Nick Foles as probably anybody, but. I don't think it really makes a ton of sense to go from a an aging quarterback to another aging quarterback who has also talked about retirement recently, who ha- who has a stronghold in the Philly market, who has struggled actually pretty consistently against Dallas throughout his career. Um, and I also don't th- – I mean, look, they have the best weapons. Like Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon Barkley are ideal. Their offensive line's terrible, though. So you got to weigh both those things. I also think – I mean, you, but, And then they have, you know, they, they have Evan Ingram, who would be a, a Zach Ertz-like weapon for him. Um, that said, though – Defense is going to go through a lot of changes in order to get the salary cap down. They could cut Olivier Vernon. Um, 
They might have to pass if they're going to go for Nick Foles. They might have to pass on franchise tagging Landon Collins. Like there's there's a lot of moving pieces there. I do think they're appealing on paper, but they like I said earlier, I just don't see Nick Foles going within the division. Yeah, I mean we've argued about that. I don't think we need to dwell on it anymore. I, I don't think that is going to factor in his decision making at all. And he has a past with Pat Shermer, uh, which is important. Uh, and like you said, we'd be going into an offense with the weapons. The offensive line thing is important. Uh, they would probably have to pretty much show that they're going to improve that because he's not someone who can escape good pass rush. I mean the Eagles' offensive line was played their best football with him at the end of the season last year. So. There's a lot, but I don't think any of these situations are perfect either. Like you're, we're we're doing pros and cons. There's no perfect situation. That's the perfect situations are teams that have quarterbacks in place. The perfect situations are the Saints. They're the Eagles. They're the Patriots. They're, they're who? Titans. The the Titans are up there. I mean, it's teams that have all of the. I mean, the Colts. Frank Reich knows how to use them. It's the teams that have the structure and the the coaches that he can believe in in place and a good offensive line. But the teams that need a quarterback, like they have a lot of problems, and he's going to have to weigh the level of problem when he considers each of these teams and what whether you know the, the Giants' offensive line problems is. Uh, you know, less of a big deal than the Redskins' moral problems, then if that's less than a big deal, then, you know, the Jaguars, the issues they have on offense, not having any weapons. Like, it's one thing for each of these teams, and he has to decide which is the lesser of the evils, I guess. Right? Yeah, I mean, I I think he's going to prioritize the environment. I think St. Louis really scarred him to the point – I mean, he was – 26, 27 years old and wanting to retire. Like, that's crazy for a guy who loves football as much as he does. This is before he had the kid where he had that focus on the outside, you know. So, I, again, I, I he's got to do right by him, not just financially. He's made money. He needs to do right by himself as far as setting himself up to succeed long term because Nick Foles, that's the thing, has never been a full-time starter. He's never been the guy for that long he you know i mean well i guess you could say the 2014 season when he broke his collarbone he was setting himself up to be a 16 game starter but that said i just think nick needs a support system and there are some of these teams that i don't see it with honestly i think the best situation for him would have been if if deshaun watson hadn't come back from the knee injury i think houston would have been like the ideal fit that's what i'm saying i think all the teams that are all the teams we're talking about, I don't even know if any of them have the structure in place that you're talking about. This is the thing. Um, I mean, we have a few more teams to talk about here. There's there's one that I could kind of see something resembling that structure, but they're one of the last teams we're going to bring up. All right, <clears throat> the Bengals. So there, there was a their personnel guy was interviewed by, I think, the Cincinnati Inquirer at the Senior Bowl, and he pretty much made it sound like they're pretty committed to Dalton, and they – want to maybe draft some, some guy to compete with them. And then, you know, they just hired Zach Taylor officially and there's all these pictures of them all huggy. And I mean, it would, the NFL is a business. So that almost doesn't, that doesn't matter at all, but it doesn't feel like they're going to move on from Dalton. And I think that's kind of crazy. They can cut Dalton and save his entire cap hit $16 million. And he has shown, given no reason to believe that he's like a guy that can lead you anywhere. And that that's a team. I mean, you you've talked about them as a team that you thought made a lot of sense. The way they're talking, I don't think they're going to do it. But I mean, they have a defense. They have really good defense. They have some weapons on offense. From Nick Foles' perspective, they'd be interesting. I don't know if he wants to live in Ohio necessarily, but I don't know if any of these places are that appealing location-wise. So that that that's more on the Bengals than on Foles because I I just don't I don't understand why they wouldn't want Foles over Dalton. Even if you're paying Foles $16 million, which, I mean, it's possible that's what he has to settle for if he's not franchise tagged. Like, I would pay him 
18 million over Dalton 16 if you can just cut him for nothing. Here's why I would say that they're probably one of the more appealing teams that make sense that could cut their quarterback. One word, patience. This team, I mean, it, I don't think there's a more patient owner in the league than, than Mike Brown, probably to a Mar- fault. Marvin Lewis was hired when I was like 10 years old. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, never, he never won a playoff game. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, too. If you're Nick Foles. <laughs> less pressure. Yeah, less pressure. There's not. Though he can handle pressure as well as anybody, right, right. to be fair. But, but he's in a situation where he could be a, a god in a second city. And I think um, for him, what, let me ask you this. What if they said, hey, look, we're going to have you compete with Dalton? I don't think he would do that. Uh, so compete with Dalton or be set up to fail somewhere? But then you make a... You go somewhere you're guaranteed to be a starter. If he's not guaranteed Okay, but if a, he's guaranteed to be a starter and they make it incentive base, which they're probably going to do if you're signing Nick Foles. He's not signing anywhere where he's competing for a starting job. I can guarantee you. I mean, well, what if they... Could, what if the I'd Jaguars say, say hey, we're going to... Dra- what if the Jaguars say, hey, we're, we, we love you, but we're going to have you oversee Haskins for the first two years? Like, what what if that's the case? Like, if you're going to New York and New York is just... Their plan is just to sign Nick Foles... Good luck, because again, well, rookie I, is a rookie is different than competing with a guy that they right. Have a but 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 to me, there's no way he's going somewhere. They're saying you're competing with this guy to start for us. If he's they're going, if he's going somewhere, they say we're gonna you're gonna start for us for two years, and then we're gonna go to a rookie. That's a little different. I, to me, though, I just don't. I don't see an ideal fit anywhere. That's what I tried to tell you. That's no, why but that's what I'm saying is like he's not just going to go to the Bengals to compete for a starting job when he is getting offered twenty million a year to start. But I don't think somewhere. he's going to be offered that. I really don't. Well, everybody I else his, seems to. For some I mean, reason, so. I, I don't. I don't really. I, I don't get it. I mean, I get it that Nick Foles has the appeal, but I don't think he's going to make twenty million. I mean, maybe he will. Who knows? I'm probably going to be wrong about Brandon Graham. I didn't think Brandon Graham was going to get paid I mean, that shoot, much. But. Case Keenum may, is making sixteen million dollars. Yeah, I could see him making eighteen. I think eighteen is probably a I mean, real. Or two million dollars, isn't it? Cool, whatever. But my point, but my point to you is, is like, if you're set up to succeed long term, that's if I'm Nick Foles, that's what I want to do. I've seen what it's like to sign and be that guy. That oh man, I'm I'm the dude. If if he goes to Cincinnati and he loses out to Andy Dalton, then he's just sitting on the bench behind Andy Dalton. (laughs) You know Nick Foles, right? I mean, I'm aware. But Nick Foles is not going to go there being like, oh man, I'm totally. He's announced repeatedly he wants to be the starting quarterback somewhere. He's not going to go somewhere and compete for a job. That's just reality. That's fair, but let, okay, so we you're going to bring up Jacksonville in a minute, but let's say Jacksonville isn't interested in him. What if Jacksonville wasn't interested in him and that's like the ideal landing spot? What if they're not what if what if this is all like a facade by the media, well not by the media, but people just reading into it too much and being like, "Oh my god, they have a quarterback opening. Gee golly, this this will work out." What if Jacksonville isn't interested? Because if Jacksonville isn't interested, you don't have much of a market because well, we they're bo- the only we, team we, that I mean, we both say we don't think they have much of a market. No, but what I'm saying is, is if there's not a team that you that an agent can say, "Oh my gosh, these guys are like killing for Nick Foles." How many other teams? I mean, to me, that's a red flag if the Jaguars aren't interested in them. They have John D. Filippo. They have the salary he capped to do it with with a couple of cut contracts. They they're the team that has the defense that should be contending for playoff berths. If they're not interested, why should anybody else be? That's something that I think needs to be considered in all this. I I, I think it's just, to me, 
what if, you know, Nick Foles won the Super Bowl MVP last year and couldn't get traded? Like, we have to talk about this. This is five games that we saw at the end of this season. You know, you're looking at eight games total of him looking like the dude, looking like a top 10 quarterback, but that's eight games. So, and I think a lot of people have given up more for less than that. Right. But I also think that teams have wised up a little bit better. I don't know. uh, I I think you're giving teams a little more credit. Maybe, but like, I I, I don't know. Just to me, I just think people are going to learn from Kirk Cousins. People are going to learn from... From some of they these, have many chances to learn from these things. I don't think teams are, teams are going to overpay for quarterbacks every year. That's the reality. Well, and yeah, and I get it. And the the quarterback class is awful. But if I'm the Jaguars, I'm saying to myself, I'm going to do everything I can to trade up to number one. Everything in my power, because not only like they need a win right away, but if Nick Foles plays like Nick Foles in St. Louis. You're not only losing, you're losing your job. That's that's the facts. If Hask- if you draft Haskins and you've invested long-term in him, I mean, it, you just hired this offensive I mean, coordinator. You're going to lose your job if Haskins doesn't work out either. Right, but you at least get time. Yeah. Like, you're going to get time. It, you get that renewed, you know, sense of, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a guy that, a good example of that. I mean, outside of, outside of the Browns, who fired... Hugh, Hugh Jackson, who didn't even want to use Baker Mayfield. <laughs> was a Typically, you get a couple yeah. of years to figure out the quarter. I mean, Steve Wilkes too, I guess. But you know, I, I don't know. That's what I'm, you're, you're you're like painting with a broad brush, but it's not that simple. But again, it's not that simple. It's not like, hey, here's a here's like the 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 airport things where you're pointing to the Jacksonville Jaguars and that's like the oh my god you're going to make so much money and you're going to leverage so much even if you don't want to go there I don't think it's that simple either yeah I mean I I've said that from the get-go I just said I don't think Foles is going anywhere he's competing for a job (laughs) you're you're making an argument about something that has nothing to do with what we were talking about um let's let's move on we basically cover the Jaguars there uh yeah, we both agree that he's not as much of a fit there as everybody else seems to, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so let's do the cookie-cutter version, and we'll put a bow on it. Their offensive line's terrible. They're going to lose at least two of their starters. Um, also, by the way, uh, entering the offseason before the restructuring of McLeod and before Foles got out of his contract, the two worst salary cap situations in the league – Eagles were number one, had the worst. Jaguars had the second worst. They're going to cut a cap, yeah. right. They're going to cut a bunch of guys, and they're going to get under. That's terrific. But if you're signing Nick Foles, you don't have a lot of room to sign other dudes. Um, the receivers are trash. Their receiver outside of D.D. Westbrook, who I think could have they like didn't a, even, they didn't even like use that. Right, right. Who I think could actually have a Deshaun Jackson like connection with him. They just cut uh, Austin Severian Jenkins, or they're going to. Um, and he wasn't very good to begin with. So you don't have a tight end. And if you look at history. Nick really relied heavily on Zach Ertz and Brent Selleck throughout his career, Trey Burton as well. Um, Then on top of that, I mean, the offensive line is bad. They drafted Cam Robinson, who was okay given the situation as a rookie, but isn't a guy who's really good in space. He's not a very good pass blocker. Not really great run blocker either. He's pretty mediocre for a left tackle. You signed, they signed Andrew Norwell um, to a massive contract. He played terribly last year. Brandon Linder's injured almost their center's injured almost all the time. Right guard AJ Can is probably going to become the next chance Warmack. Uh, and then you got Jeremy Parnell who is going to be cut. I just to me if I'm Nick Foles, I say to myself, "Wow, this team needs a lot of work." 
and I just told the media, whether it was honest or not, if you put the quarterback in the position where he has to do everything, you're not going to succeed. I was thinking about this the other day. We talk about Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers as two of the top five quarterbacks probably of all time, or at least of this era. They've been to one Super Bowl each, but they are the best quarterbacks of their era. Dan Marino is one of the best quarterbacks of his era, if not ever. He went to one Super Bowl. You have to have guys around you. And Nick Foles is not Dan Marino. He is not Aaron Rodgers. He is not Drew Brees. You have to have a really good structure. And to me, if I'm going to Jacksonville, small market team has never been good at recruiting free agents until Dave Codwell got there. And even then, some of these guys, you're getting unwanted goods. I just, to me, oh, and you're overpaying them. To me, you're also going to have to pay Jalen Ramsey a gajillion dollars, which is going to hurt you as well. I just think, as a guy who's covered both of these teams, knows Nick relatively well, knows that organization really well, I don't think it's a great marriage. I agree. Uh, the Filippo thing is a little more overrated than I think people... I mean, it's important, and he likes him, I think, but that's something that's a little... Like, every, as soon as he got hired, it was like, that's where he's going, and I don't think it's that simple. The last team is maybe the most interesting one, I think. Um, although, he, there's been mixed... Um, the Denver Broncos, they have Case Keenum, who is set to make a $21 million cap hit this year. If they cut him, they would save $11 million, which is a pretty big amount of savings. Like, why wouldn't you do that? There had been somebody who reported that. They think they they'll they would prefer to, uh, they prefer to keep... Keenum and and uh, get a yeah get a rookie like Drew Locke, but they, that just feels like a team that kind of makes sense in a lot of ways. They have really good structure. I think Foles would be ecstatic to play for an organization that is ran by John Elway. Um, and they have a, I know they have they have a new coaching staff. Fan, what, what's the defensive coordinator they just hired? Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio. I'm not sure who their offensive coordinator is yet, but. They're a team that can compete right now. They have really talented players. They have some. I know they got rid of Demarius Thomas. He was kind of on his, on the decline anyway. But they have some good but receivers. They have Cortland Sutton, who Cortland, is Cortland Sutton, really good. They have some really talented defensive players. I think that would be the team Nick would want to go to, out of like the list that we've made here. If if we're talking about it, but it ultimately comes down to you know. If if John and Elway feel snake bitten by the fact that he he just went after a guy who was a hero for the Vikings last year, and and then didn't really pan out, they overpaid him, and they're already going to get rid of him after one year. So d- does he want to do that again? Does he want to draft Foles and draft Locke? Like it, it makes a lot of sense on paper. It, it's just hard to get a read on what John Elway's thinking is the main thing. Here I'll give you. A, he's a terrible quarterback evaluator. You know, Michael Jordan was terrible at, at really scouting talent when he was with the Wizards. Like he was just terrible. Just because you're great doesn't mean you can look at someone and know they're great. Right. He's a guy who has won a Super Bowl as a GM, but only <clears> because he benefited from negotiating something with Peyton Manning, and it was a once in a lifetime. And then Peyton Manning was like half dead by the. He was like weekend at Burns right. that last. He Super inherited Bowl. a. He inherited a very good defensive. Uh, you know, that talent was a phenomenal. Yeah. Right. So again, um, they have Emmanuel Sanders, who, if I'm Nick Foles, I think I can turn this guy not only into a number one receiver, but I can make him a top ten guy. He's going to be playing for a while. Then maybe Cor- Broncos bring in a tight end this right, season. Right. Yeah. Cortland Sutton. Uh, well, Jake Butt, who missed the entire season, I believe, yeah. uh, he's got a lot of potential. A lot of people were buzzing about Cortland him. Sutton, the running backs, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Right. Better than the, any of the running backs that he played you, with in, in Philly. You run, you're probably going to run a similar Shanahan-style offense, knowing John Elway and how what he wants to do. So, to me... I think he would benefit from that type of system. Uh, again, it, it's whether you want to move on from Keenum. Do I want to pay Case Keenum 
21 million look, yeah, look I, nobody outs nobody in outside of the Denver Broncos locker room think right. um, maybe thinks that they should keep Case Keenum we all agree on that I think Let, let's put it this way Case Keenum led them to the the Vikings the NFC title game they didn't even blink about going after Kirk Cousins and giving him the dumbest contract in the history of the NFL. <laughs> so to me, Nick Foles, if I'm saying to myself, I'm John, look, I'm John Elway. I really like Drew Locke. Everybody from every quarterback from Missouri needs like 45 years to get ready to <laughs> go in the quarterback. That's only a slight exaggeration. Yeah. I've seen what Blaine Gabbert did uh, when you, you thrust him that? in. Yeah, that was rough. He's still trucking along. Yeah, he. but he, <laughs> he he took time to develop, and yeah, then yeah. he became a kind of an okay, mediocre quarterback. Um, <laughs> Which is probably if, a lot. If, if I like Drew Locke, Drew Locke might fall to the second round, or, or I could trade back. Like it, yeah. If I'm drafting Nick Foles, what better way for, for me to get Drew Locke to kind of zero in and, and, and grow? And then, Let Locke sit for that, three years. Yeah. I'm not doing a Paxton Lynch thing where I force this dude out into the, you know, into the wilderness. It's not good quarterback out into the wilderness. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did that with Brock Osweiler, and he was up and down. They, I mean... Paxton Lynch lasted two years, and he was like he was a guy that people talked about instead of Carson Wentz. So it's like, to me, you've got to uh, look. Look, I'm, I'm showing some energy here because I just I think John Elway's an, a terrible general manager. Terrible general managers overpay for quarterbacks, like you said. I mean, he just paid, overpaid for one. Right. <laughs> but if I'm saving $11 million and then all I have to do is add $8 million to that and sign Nick Foles for $19 million a year for two years. They should. They sh- I agree. I think we both agree they should do it. I'm, I don't know if they will. Like, I just don't. It's hard to get you. John, John Elway does some weird stuff. Like he, I can see him. Yes, that's I, a very I can, fair I can see him handing him the handing Drew Locke the job this year. Like I could see that. I could see him signing Teddy Bridgewater. Like I, I can see these weird things happening because he's done weird things. But from Nick Foles' perspective, I think that's the best situation for him. I, just saying all the things we've talked about. And I, if I was going to predict anywhere, like I kind of want to predict the Broncos. But there's just a part of me that's like, I don't know if John Elway's going to be that smart. Yeah, I mean, you've sold me. Like the second you told me Keenum, Ke- the money that they yeah, gave yeah. back for cutting Keenum, I smiled at you and I was like, "Hey, great glasses." But then I was like, <laughs> "Also, this is this is something to me that makes a ton of sense." I also think Denver's a great environment. Yeah, Denver's a, Denver's a great place to be. I mean, it's I a good Denver. family yeah. place. Um, there's longevity there. People aren't. It, John Elway's not going to get Weed fired. Is legal. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to really sell the Nick Foles. <laughs> But to me, you have a number one wide receiver in in Emmanuel Sanders. You have an emergent guy in Cortland Sutton. Two running backs. You have two running backs that cost nothing. And on top of that, you have a really good secondary. Chris Harris is an absolute beast. Their linebackers are solid. You have Vaughn Miller, who is probably a top three defensive player in the league. Um, And everybody's young. Everybody is young, and so you are set up, like I said, long term to succeed. If I had like a like a crystal ball, and I was like, you know what? If I could find a match, and I'm watching situations, I feel bad for Case Keenum because he and Nick Foles are like best pals. And Case Keenum wants I mean, one. They could keep him. Keenum as a backup if they wanted to. Honestly, sure, he'd probably renegotiate. Yeah, yeah. It. But hey, you said he wouldn't compete for a job. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he won't be competing with Case. So, <laughs> so to me. Like, I'm looking at the Titans, I'm looking at the Broncos, and those two teams, to me, make more sense, even with the quarterbacks that they have in place, than Jacksonville, or, or are more appealing. Um, I know he wants to be a starter, but he also doesn't have the... the 
he also has perspective. And I think that's something that needs to be, he's unlike any player we've ever covered. There's no doubt anyone's ever covered. That's why I don't think we can specifically rule out him going, you know, hey, I'll go compete. I I believe in myself. I'm going to go do this. Worst case scenario, I'm a really highly paid backup. That is what it is. And I get to I get to move my family to the right spot because the last thing I ever want is to St. Louis. St. Louis, if you read his book, St. Louis did a number on him. And I think he's a guy who's also talked about retiring quite a bit at a young age. If I'm a, a, a franchise, I don't want to pay him more than three years. I, I don't want more than a three-year contract with him. He is either a very strong bridge gap or... He's my guy, and I don't think anybody is saying, oh my God, Nick Foles is going to be our guy for the next seven years. Yes, I I think we both are in agreement on this one. The Broncos are the best fit. Uh, We're going to wrap it up there. Uh, I think we covered every possible angle about the Nick Foles situation. I'm sure within the next 24 hours, some other weird rumor will happen that we'll have to do something again. But uh, we're going to get these podcasts going for you guys pretty frequently. Leave us some comments. Maybe we'll get a mailbag one up soon. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. 